Hello and welcome back to another episode of Destroy Digital, a digital marketing podcast. I'm Chris Asher. And I'm Carol Camones. And uh, I guess that makes me Mark Chen. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and what are we talking about today? Uh, we're talking about brand narratives and who owns them. Yeah. Oh. Okay, well, Mark, do you want to introduce our guest? Yep, our guest is Carol Camones. She's an old, old friend of mine. Not that she's old. Right. She's just, I'm off. Just... <laughs> <laughs> and she's here in Melbourne um, on a sabbatical of sorts, I think. Yes. She's in between something. <laughs> in between things. So brand narratives, the big brands. Do they own their story? Do they not own their story? Do they still put out PR releases? Do what? The big guys, have some of them have a clue. Yeah. A lot of them don't. And we're going to talk about those who don't. Uh, Carol, I guess. Uh, so what's, uh, what's your background to start off with? Just um, sort gosh. of briefly for people listening. I'll own the age thing because I've got about 20 years of communications experience. So that's, I'm not going to be able to run away from that. <laughs> um, and um, uh, yeah, so over that time, um, just worked with a lot of um, international brands on how they manage media relations, but also how they manage their story in owned channels across social websites, things like that as well. So um, I guess um, jumping off from that, you know, what we're sort of looking at today is... Um, are they doing as much as they can with telling their own story, given all the weapons they now have in their arsenal um, to own and drive that story? Um, we've seen a change over the years where, where consumers of information yeah. have essentially changed the way that they rely on media sources, which used to be our only source of information about a company. If you go to pre-internet days, if you wanted to know about any major organization, you only really had the media to turn to. Now you can you can go directly to www.company.com and hear from them directly. So one of the big shifts that's happened is the change in reliance on media. Uh, I don't really want to be told what's happened. I want some access to opinion about how to think about what's happened. And in that, in the shift to what we have expected of the media, we've shifted what our expectation is of how brands communicate with us. Yeah, and, for sure. Did and you I, just explain the rise of Fox News? <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you have to go there? Honestly, I'm not talking like, about. You know, I, like I will not bargain name basement, bargain basement. the demon. Yeah, okay. I will not. I will. I will. You, I will see, not you see, give the demon. For, for power. all of you who, who, who have not heard. Oh, who really who don't know Carol is like you know she actually has got a respectable public presence to maintain, whereas Chris and I probably she don't. actually does. Yeah, she actually <laughs> does. so we're not we're not going to bait her, even though I'm going to try. Uh, <laughs> so I'll put it out there. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Yeah, I think I think the the shift from journalist to from reportage yeah. to opinionage. You know, uh, yeah. yeah, like you know that that that. You know, the Ann Coulters of the world and the, you know, the Consuelo Max of the world. Um, you know, you know, that's, I think that's, that's driven by the public's desire to be, to, for someone to pre-digest mm. their, their news, isn't it? Well, just think about the amount of noise that's coming at you, right? Every, every day through multiple sources, even when, you know, even with the curation that we all 
perform every day mm. in terms of you know the sources of information that we choose to to uh to listen to or to hear from um there there's still so much noise coming at us so the the preference that we exercise has very much to do with the value of the information that we get from that source that value is no longer driven by the by the what of of what they're telling us so much as the how do we process that the yeah. opinion yeah the the you know the point of view behind it everything's fake news <laughs> oh god right <laughs> just quickly going <laughs> well, if we're gonna tear the band-aid off we might as well well it's not i mean yes everything's fake news if you're going to apply your filters on yeah, exactly. it right so how how, how do brands how do brands take advantage of that or, 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 or position themselves right using knowing knowing how people uh, uh um seek opinion knowing how people digest information how we choose our influencers mm. you know well this is so what you know what this also comes down to is is how well brands understand their audiences um from not from a demographic perspective right mm -hmm. um mark who is x age and earns x much and lives in a certain neighborhood and all the rest of it is irrelevant to me what mark gets up out of bed for in the morning that's that's where i as a brand you know have the most opportunity to connect in a meaningful way yep, yep. you know so so i think this is where then we understand the filter at the moment it's aldi organic brand coffee <laughs> no it's what gets you out of bed not what you get out of bed. well no <laughs> uh, so, uh, yes and yes uh, yes and yes yes <laughs> <laughs> product placement <laughs> hey Aldi if you're listening <laughs> so so you know I think um, you know that that's that's the thing when you understand that filter that filter is what do I care about that filter is what's my motivation what's my desire yeah, yeah. and then how do you um, connect with me on that right I think one of those great examples is the Old Spice commercial when they relaunched Old Spice. Oh yeah. And they did it by targeting the women because the yep. the the brilliant audience insight there uh was that, you know, the women were making the purchasing decisions about what goes in the in the bathrooms, right? And uh, as um, opposed to wanting their men to smell like their fathers. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> let's not go down that road. <laughs> I do not have the psychological qualifications for that. <laughs> That yeah, yeah. That explains so that, that bottle of full spice in my cupboard, actually. <laughs> Whiskey and cigarettes. Whiskey and cigarettes. <laughs> oh, that was my childhood. <laughs> so, uh, what are what are some of the ways that like a a brand can figure out what their narrative is? Because a lot of a lot of brands, like uh, a lot of people that I've worked with and stuff, they don't quite know. Mm who they are and like and what their narrative is and so i think a lot of, of that has to do with the purpose right it's how you describe purpose because i think way too many brands describe purpose too functionally right mm. here's what we do as opposed to here is the impact we seek to create in the world right so i think your narrative lives most authentically and most impactfully in the here's what we are here to achieve and to do as opposed to here's what we put out in the world. Nobody really gives a crap about your products and your services. Unless right? you're a toilet paper brand. Unless you're a toilet paper brand. Um, 
And so, uh, you know, what they want to know is what is the impact of what you, you know, what you bring to this world, yep. right? So, um, you know, this was described once in, um, in, a, in a talk that I heard as the unique social purpose, you know. And I'm not going down that whole, you know, corporate social responsibility road mm -hmm. with that. No. But what are you in this world to do? Yep. You know, yep. you're not here to create um, entertainment devices. You're here to create, uh, you know, things that connect people to memories, things that enable people to, yep. to yep. you know, realize um, certain things, uh, whether it's emotionally or historically or, you know, store things that are meaningful to them as people. It's, it's you know, not a functional thing. And when, when you see a lot of big brands, the way that they advertise, that's, you can see that that's the route that they've taken to get to that ad that they've gone, okay, well, what does it mean to the end person? Mm. Um, not so much what is it, mm -hmm. but what does it mean to the end person? Well, the Kodak, yeah. Kodak, Kodak moment, right? That was the original, was, that was such a groundbreaking yep. uh, a campaign because, you know, it wasn't about the film. It was about the people, mm -hmm. your family, the yeah. Kodak moment. That's a Kodak moment, right? We all remember this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, but going back to what you said before, Carol, um, this just kind of stuck in my head for a bit. Was you know now that um, brands get to own their channels, you yep. know, you know, uh, you know Zuckerberg at all, at all um, they're now in this new territory because they've never had to tell their story before. Mm. They they used to rely on other people to tell their story. Yep. I put out the press release, and the journal will tell it. Yep. It's not that they've never had to tell their story before. They've mm. never had as much power ah. in telling their story before. And what's interesting is that they, you know, um, they, as brands, a lot of brands are actually scared of this power, you know, mm. whereas it, it is a thing to be, to be harnessed, this freedom to no longer have to rely on the middleman to tell your story. Yeah, but it's scary. You're right. It, it is, is scary, scary because with great power comes great responsibility. Responsibility, right? yeah. Because you do <laughs> see them stuff up sometimes. Well, for sure. Very nice. Very beautifully, though. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, you know, and yes, everyone's afraid of the falling down, yeah. um, you know, and everyone's afraid of the, the misplaced comma that then means a whole entire thing that inflames an entire group of very sensitive people, yeah. you know? <laughs> Potentially, yeah. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. So and and fair enough. These are these are very legitimate concerns and very real risks that need to be navigated. Yeah. I again I think a clarity of purpose, not trying to be all things to everybody, which I think mm -hmm. I see a lot of brands do. Yeah. Um is where they, yeah. Well, because they have no self knowledge. They haven't gone through the ex the, mm -hmm. the you know the, the the introspection. Yeah, the introspection exactly of understanding yep. what do we mean to ourselves and therefore to others. Yeah. You know, oh, we be, oh we can be all things to all men because com competitor A is doing that. Oh, we better do that. Competitor yep. B is doing that. It's. Just, but there's also this hyperbole, you know, that comes with um with a brand narrative, wherein a pen has to be the solution to cancer. Do you know what I mean? It's it it, it doesn't need to be not. that. Just stop. You know. It's not. It could be in the right hands, I suppose. <laughs> um, I, my point is that is that you know the authenticity of their narrative, um, they have to be willing to let go of some of that that um, that inclination we have towards our thing being the best thing ever. It just needs to be the best thing in your space. That's all. Yeah. Nobody needs it to solve everybody's problems. It just needs to solve one thing really well.
Do you think? Um, do you think sort of taking that introspective look and being like more aware of what your narrative and your purpose and all of that sort of thing is? Uh, once you know all of that, that should probably alleviate some of the fear that you might say the wrong thing because it yes, comes from absolutely. a comes from a genuine authentic place absolutely and when you're being authentic you pretty much i mean unless you well you can't make a misstep really right well i mean it depends on who you are as a person (laughs) exactly but then yeah well and your vehicles and your vehicles for delivery because if your vehicles for delivery are maverick spokespeople who don't stick to the script yeah yeah exactly well if the president of the united states can can, has has shown us the way he's completely shown us the way (laughs) (laughs) hashtag potus yes exactly so I, you know, yes, there's always going to be that risk, and um, and you know, there's always going to be that one person that's probably going to walk a little bit off script, you know, and all of that. Or in front of the queen. Um. Or oh, goodness, that was. <laughs> I can't. It's just so painful. <laughs> um. So you. So you know. I think. Um. I think. But you know, certainly establishing that foundation on which you are absolutely clear that this is how we will. Um, you know, communicate about ourselves. Is it authentic? Does it stand us apart from our competitors? And um, if called upon to, to you know, to say why this is a credible claim, can we defend it? Right. Yeah. Once you once you sort of put that out there, and you can tick 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 those boxes, you're probably going to stay on the right side of the brand narrative. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So how does that? How do you translate that into social media? Because that's it's you know like you know you we talk about Twitter, we talk about Facebook, yeah. you know, like. You know, Twitter being a very personal thing. Yeah, I find I find brands have a huge problem with Twitter because Twitter is meant to be a one-on-one conversation or one-to-many conversation, mm. and a lot of brands, you know, they who do I, who do I who do I see this power to? Do I give it to my CEO? Do I give it to my MD? Mm. You know, uh, Coca-Cola. Who's you know does 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 Mayor McCheese talk for speak for um, for McDonald's? You know. Well, so this is I think you know this is the thing. I think people need to so. The understanding of how platforms operate and how audiences, um, you know, engage in certain platforms mm. before you even decide if you want to attend that party, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, and just be like, well, the Twitter party is not for me because that's not how I operate. And if you are a wallflower, then you're a wallflower in a social situation, yeah. whether that situation is Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, whatever the platform is, right? Um, whatever the platform is. If if you are a wallflower, you will always don't try to be the person that's on top of the table with a tequila shot in one hand going, woo, it's never going to be natural and it's, you will yeah. fall off the table. It'll yeah. never yeah. be authentic. And well, that's yeah. when you start misstepping and exactly. all of that sort yeah. of exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, what do you, so, what's the, um, so what do you think of George Clooney being the face of Nespresso? What was the, do, you, do, you have, do we have an opinion on this? Is, 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 <laughs> was that their attempt to trying to put a face behind the brand and therefore be able to carry a narrative through a person because a brand's mm. been doing this forever right you know an ex-president of the united states was a spokesperson for a cigarette brand mm. really ronald, ronald reagan oh was he Winfield. i never knew that oh yeah okay well, well not, if you think not, about by George the way, not Clooney. too bad to end up having an aircraft carrier named after you by the way yeah it's true sorry back to george clooney I think, you know, when we think about George Clooney and Nespresso, let's think about the time in which that campaign um, was also run, right? It was one of those campaigns that um, originated at a time when celebrities still had a lot of, um, a lot of, 
um, cachet in marketing, mm-hmm. having a famous face, you know, and he was also incredibly um, popular at the time. So, yeah. you know, you, you wanted that brand association. I think there was obviously an element of um, who are we marketing to? Well, the women are going to love it because they love George Clooney. The men are going to love it because they want to be George Clooney, right? So there was an all win all round on that situation. But that was correct for that point in time. Mm. I think there is a reason that that campaign has run its course. Has run its course. Yeah. Do you yeah. think that's Do you think that's moving more towards the like the influencer stuff? Um, is do you think that sort of takes place of that type of marketing? Like, do you know what I mean? Um, what in terms of influencer like, marketing? So influencer marketing yeah. um, instead of getting George Clooney kind of thing, or would you? Yeah. So this this happened yesterday. It was I was in um, I was in David Jones, and the sales assistant says to me, "Oh my goodness, I really love the way you've done your makeup." And and I said, "Thank you." And she said, "Did you do it yourself?" I said, "Yes." And she goes, "You should be a blogger." And I thought, well, my ambitions are not that lofty. But, you know, she literally was like, you should be a blogger and tell people how to do their makeup. I mean, just I couldn't even engage. So I walked away. I said, thank you very much. I said, thank you very much for that career advice and walked away. What even is influence, right? So I think this is something that we're going to have to, you know, um, every brand is going to have to unpick, right? What is influence? Is it 10 of the right people on the right platform? Is it... 10 million, mm. you know, people in a particular place, it's going to vary because if you're Coke, it's probably 10 million people, right? Yep. If you're something, you know, you're in a very niche consulting space, for example, or a B2B, you know, um, business, then it's probably going to be the 10 of the right people. Yeah. That, so I think, you know, we need to be much more thoughtful about influence um, and not, and not just think about reach, but we just need to think about um, and also think about who how are they reaching? who are they reaching, but yeah. also how do we use them, right? Yeah. So it's not just about you know I I think you know Chris you're really smart about all things art, so I'm a brand that has some kind of you know uh, interest in reaching out to that community. Mm. How do I work with you? That has to add value to you as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it's not just. Here, Chris, is some information about my company. Yeah. Now you go tell people that you know. That is the most unoriginal, boring, boring yeah. unsophisticated. And, uh, yeah, unsophisticated and probably least impactful way to do things. Absolutely. But when you, Chris, come and say to me, tell you what, I'm going to write a set, a stand-up comedy set. It's going to anchor around this, these particular topics. That, yeah. And, you know, and the punchline is going to come in the way of something really clever connected back to your brand that's going to work for all of us. Yeah, yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what we discovered um, at Natview with um, well, uh, with influencer marketing was it was a bit like um, like a it was like a popularity contest. Mm. The little the the, the 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 influence when you approach a, a band as we found bands of influencers. Yeah, yes, yes. You know, so you to to get the lower band, you had to get the higher. You got to reach the higher band. Yeah. You got to get the popular, the most popular girl in school yep. to say that you're cool, and yeah. all the other girls would want to, you know, would 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 want to have. Uh, would, they will come up to you and go, "Oh, can I have a bit of that?" Yep. Um, and it was it was a really interesting uh, paradigm to watch. And but we it's wa- also something that that I think shifts over time, right? Because. Um, so for example, when, when we did influencer marketing years ago for a very popular mobile brand, um, we had it broken down. We had influencer lists broken down right down to the, to the model and the features of each phone. Right. 
and oh, then it changed, Mr. right? Yes, of course. Yeah, and so and the matrix changed, you know, as as you sort of um, you know as the features evolved as. Um, you know, if this was a music, you know, a, a, fee, a phone that had really advanced music features, I didn't care about the technology bloggers. I was, you know, mm. interested in looking at the music community yeah, yeah. and seeing that yeah. they were bought in. So, well, that's that's one of the things I just use a use a one of the ones that I've noticed that stood out to me as as a good um, sort of mix was uh, I think Samsung do with uh, Casey Neistat the video stuff. Yes. And they, he's done stuff with phones and stuff because of the video capabilities, made yep. awesome videos, and then sort of said, oh, Samsung at the end. Like he yeah. actually got, I think he got into a bit of trouble because it was so un, uh, like it was so unclear that it was even a sponsored sort of thing until yep. the very end. Um, the I think he got Did people feel, um, uh, taken for a ride. Well, they've they've brought a lot of things into like YouTube and um and Instagram, uh, two of the main ones that I'm aware of it, where you have to like hashtag that it's sponsored and all of that yeah. sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, right. I think I don't know how new that is or whether it's just always been the sort of the law in regards to that sort of thing, but right. just no one did anything. But they've started just enforcing it a bit more. I'm not sure. Um, what was really interesting was I think one of the earlier examples of um, prior to this, also a little bit about the democratization of the brand, right, um, was Apple. The Apple ads used to follow wherever you went in the world. It was recognizable. There was a set template, right? Mm -hmm. It was all sort of curated to, you know, the Apple brand. Then came the Shop By You campaign and all the images, you know, came oh, from yeah, a community of people. And that was yeah. a huge detraction from the Apple marketing template, you know, um, there was still some very recognizable Apple brand elements in the mm. campaign, mm. but the visuals had come completely from, you know, Joe X, you know, yeah. and 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 yeah. Jane Y from Just wherever, right? All of it out exactly, the and it was like we we won't do you, you know, we won't do Apple curated images. We'll mm. get you know images shot on our products, you know, by the community. And I think that's that you know that's one of those those banner moments in in which you remember that your brand is not really yours. You know, you no, got to give isn't. it back it, to the people. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think that goes back to talking about George Clooney and and Nespresso as well, because some of the stuff that you know the Apple was doing was right for the moment, and then that moment yes. changed. Yes. And yeah. then you had, that's right. Then yeah. you had to keep. You have you have, and this is something that you know um uh you know brands have to I think stay on top of is that you got to. They've got to be prepared to throw out what doesn't work or what's what's had its day. Yeah, and maybe and not throw out it. because that's scary for for you know the the gray hairs and and, oh, yeah, and yeah. the people would see you know in or front the of their the title. Shareholders, the share, yeah, the share, the, so, the shareholders. but evolve it, and, evolve. Yeah. yeah, tweak, evolve. You it, know, it depends on your brand though. Yeah. Some brands are disruptive by nature, like you yes. know. So you know, like Apple. Going back to Apple, they yeah. had you know the brand. Their early brand manuals talked about don't have the Apple logo in a single color because it wouldn't in those days it was mm -hmm. you know that they had the, the the seven rainbow color thing mm -hmm. Apple thing. Yeah. And now of course it's the other way around. That page has been, you know, that whole yeah. book's been thrown out and going, don't bloody don't do our logo in multiple colors. Yeah. It only comes in one color. Yeah. And for a brand to be to, you know, to to be so radical with their with their logo, their icon. Mm. You know, it says a lot about the. It says a lot about the. You know the the the, the corporate culture. So you're, I, I agree. Some brands are. Some companies are evolutionary. 
and have a, a slightly higher threshold for this sort of thing, you know, yeah. than than others. Mm. Um, but I think you know, I think the the point is that um, that we have to as whether you're a brand owner, you know, within an organization or yeah. a brand guardian um, who consults for a brand or whatever, the finger on the pulse of the audience yes. um, is just so critical um, that you have to be able to develop a, a reflex oh, yeah. immediately to be able to to respond to when they're starting to disengage. Yeah, well, that can then... Go, that, that, and bring um, them back yeah, in. Yeah, bring them back in, exactly. right? Exactly. So this ties in with, I think, just starting to tie back in with what we talked, we, we started with talking about social media and owning your own channels as a brand. Yeah. This is the one perfect moment where you actually get to hear from your customers through your own channels. Well, see, exactly. And this is where social doesn't get used, um, you know, as, as much as it could. So I think, you know, a couple of things. One is a listening board for sure, right? And it actually makes campaigns so much more holistic because you can be seeding ahead of time, you know, um, say pre-campaign, here are some thoughts, you know, around things that relate to either the product or service that's coming up, then you do your shebang. And then afterwards you can, you know, how did that, how did that work for you? That sort of thing. And then your newsroom, you know, I, I just lament that we still have, you know, really, really boring newsrooms, which are here is a list of all the press releases that we issued this past yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, come from a on. person who used to write press releases for a living, it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's like, yeah. yeah, it's very telling. Yeah, it, it, no, it really is. I mean, I think if you look at the, um, and I think the tech brands have really led the way on this. If you look yep. at um, the Cisco newsroom, um, which I think they call the network now. Yeah, that's it. Uh, the Microsoft newsroom, yep. you know, content searchable by format, by engagement yep. rates, you know, um, not just by topic. You know, I, 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 can, I can choose how I engage with that content. Yep. And the journalist can now go, um, the journalist who used to be the person, you know, through whose, lens we were thinking about how we created that content is now the whole the whole sort of positions reversed and they're going into these newsrooms and, and pulling, pulling things yeah. out yeah. yeah and it also gives you the the you know the liberation with which to tell your brand story because yeah. once you don't have to write it in the traditional press release format mm-hmm. you can choose to tell the story of a new product in in a manner that isn't, we are launching this oh, today. Oh yeah, for sure. You know? And it comes in blue. There's so blue. many <laughs> ways. There are so many ways to do that now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, the, the, so we, I think in the in the preamble, Carol and I, we were talking about how brands are starting to embrace the content hub. Mm. That you know, becoming broadcasters. Yes. In their own right. Yep. You know, becoming publishing houses in their own Absolutely. right. Absolutely. Creating own, you know, in-house content. Creating. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's it's as simple as uh, visiting a studio. Sometimes. Oh, stop, stop, stop. No shame. <laughs> this is where Chris gets to be shameless. <laughs> All right, go on, go for it. No, go no, 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 no. I'm, not gonna, I'm not doing it today. I'm not really? doing it today. Yeah, really? yeah. I'm going to have some self-respect. Really? I'm going to do it for you because it's killing it's me. It's as easy as visiting a studio. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Get to Go to www.oinkdigital.com.au and book yourself some studio time and a, and, you know, and a podcast. How about that? Did that okay, work for you? That works. That works. Yeah, that'll be fine. 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost my train of thought now. I'm so oh, sorry. Oh, we're just I'm talking about brand as a thing. publisher. Just, I yeah, think yeah, that was kind of bringing publish- it back around. And, yeah. And the opportunity. Yeah. And that's what we're doing. We're publishing our own content. We make it a part of our, our work week or our work day. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it becomes a natural part of day-to-day business. Well, it helps, it helps that we have a studio in the same building. <laughs> well, you know. Technically. Oh, the luxury. 
But I mean, anyone can really, you know, you just have to do it. Yes, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's all there is to it. No, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, and I think it, it's not just about having, you know, this. I think people start to get scared when they're like, oh, you know, I have to have this huge technical setup oh, and yeah. capabilities and all the rest of it. Yep. You're doing it every time you hit um, you know, a button on your phone. It, when you Instagram your, and your go, breakfast. Exactly, yeah. You've exactly. got phones that you know, film like, like there are people who've made movies now on mobile it, phones. Exactly. So what's it's the far less scary than people think it is, yeah, right? Exactly. And um and you know, and any time you're kind of you construct even a tweet, you're creating. And I um, think this is point. where it's um, you know, this is where the whole discipline of communications gets really exciting now because all the old silos get broken down and and ultimately, we're all just going to sit somewhere in the content creation, you know. It's um, a spectrum now as opposed yes. to a, sign, a <laughs> bunch of silos. Yeah. Yep. yeah, spot on. Yeah. Wow. I think uh, I think that nicely sums up uh, quite a lot. I would love to stay and chat and, and keep... I want to make about five or six more episodes. <laughs> but We've got enough. We've got enough here to do like, you know, do the whole series. Like yeah, we really, <laughs> we really do. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for coming by. It's been a pleasure. This is where we plug ourselves now. Do I get the plug? The dis- yeah, right. go for okay, it. Go for right. it. All right. So you've been listening to Destroy Digital, a digital marketing podcast. If you want to do us a big favor and get onto iTunes and give us a review. Yep. Really we love a good, a good review, yeah, preferably. Yeah. yeah. None of those bad ones. <laughs> we don't like those bad ones. Yeah, and if uh, we, we like to talk to different businesses and, and stuff and feature them on the show regularly. So if you want to be featured on the show, get in touch with us at www.destroydigital.com.au. There's all the forms and stuff on there to fill out if you like to fill out forms for... For free advice. That's what you're going well, to get. You're going to get free what, advice. That's what... Yeah. Yeah. And maybe a couple of usable solutions as well. Yeah, for sure. And and you get to... Um, oh, no, you won't because unless we get Carol back in again... <laughs> you might get to listen to more great advice from Carol. Thank you so much for being here, it's Carol. It's been a total Thank pleasure. You. Thank yeah. you very much. Who's buying me a beer after this? Both of us. Awesome. You get two beers. <laughs> oh, awesome. it's, oh, I was going to say, over. yeah, that's a half a beer each. <laughs> <laughs> so generous. Only <laughs> right, so, the best uh, for you, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to bring us home, Mark? All right, well, go and destroy something today. <laughs>